Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Stefano Sanzo. You're the good few. This is good enough with Stefano Sanzo, and I am fucking tired. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and a great Thanksgiving break. I did as well. Was in the city yesterday. I caught a a play. Saw a slave play. Really awesome, awesome show. Made me think. It had a lot of, like, racism stuff tied into it. And uh, there's, like, a mirror. The like the set, the entire set is a mirror. So you're you, the entire audience is able to look at itself the entire time, and I'm, you know it's like a, it's really cheesy. Like it makes you reflect on yourself. Oh, this is about me. But like it, it's cool. It's cool. I, I I like how it was done. I learned a lot, and I left uh I left thinking a lot about my place in this world and what what my responsibility is as a white man who hit the hit the genetic lottery of of uh of being a straight white male and never having to uh really face any type of oppression my entire life and how I might be adding to that even subconsciously so something to think about but yeah that was great other than that uh yeah it's been a great break i uh out of 4 days i went to jujitsu 3 times so i'm really starting to get hooked to this shit i love it i'm super beat as you could probably hear from my voice uh, very tired, but uh, probably working up to competing in jujitsu in the next, you know, probably three, four months, something like that. Because I can't do anything without it, like leading to a thing. It, I can't just like train a thing. Like I need to, I need to have a goal in mind, something to train for. And I feel like that's coming up soon enough once I start getting a couple more submissions in check. Like I feel like I could roll against somebody who doesn't know me and you know get a couple submissions, couple chokes on them. That's when I'll probably probably start competing. But it's super fun. I really hope you guys are continuing your journey into becoming more active, doing something that you really enjoy, because I think that's one of the secrets to to feeling good about everything, having some sort of physical outlet, a physical outlet, creative outlet, and an outlet that makes you money, right? That's the goal. Anywho, uh, this is a very, very special episode, and I could probably say that a lot of, about a lot of episodes, but this one I know for a fact is special because it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, I've been talk. I I believe I've spoken about it on a few episodes, but finally had the producer of this show on on the podcast. Uh, Lou, Lou, I, I you guys never hear it, but I record it all. I, I I record Lou on these tracks all the time, just talking to him, like you know, telling him what's up, or you know, if if I wasn't if he wasn't in studio and I was, just to like give him notes and stuff like that. But uh, he does. He listens to every single episode. He edits every single episode. He's, you know, big reason why this exists because I would never, ever commit myself to editing a podcast. Eh, maybe I would, but I know I haven't before. Uh, he edits all of them. He, he helps me put them all out. He provide, you know, provides the studio. That's that's where I record out of his, his studio. So it's cool for you guys to listen to the other half of this because he does. He, he's behind the scenes, but you never really hear his voice. But I think you're going to start hearing his voice here and there just because you know, you've heard it now and it's not going to be weird. So like, I, I, you know, we have enough mics in here to have multiple people on and I'd like to have them on now and then with other guests. So that's going to be great, but really excited to finally introduce you guys to Lou. Uh, for those of you who've never met him or, you know, just curious about the other half of this. Like I said, I'm only really 50% of this there. You know, he does, he does so much of the work to make sure this podcast gets out every week as well. So without further ado, uh, episode 20 with Lou, and uh hope you guys come back and listen next time we got some cool guests coming out so uh thanks a lot for stopping by everybody i love you so much we couldn't afford the rights to any songs so i wrote this one we're not the best but we're good enough let's start the podcast now it's good enough and we're live. Logical fallacies are the destruction of our society. Oh, Christ. Can't wait to get into this. <laughs> in studio today is a very, very important person to me and actually a very important person to all of you guys. You know and love him. Actually, you love him, but you don't know him. Uh, he's never been on the mic until today, but he is the other half of Good Enough. My producer... Lou. It's nice to meet everyone. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> We're in uh, the home base right now. Isn't that great, man? So yeah, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while once Good Enough got established uh, and introduce you guys to the other half. Uh, he is a 
I would say longtime acquaintance of mine, and then we've obviously gotten a lot closer as now I'm up to 20 episodes. We've spent a lot of time together, but he edits every single episode. He's listened to everyone, most of them multiple times. He, uh, he, I guess he knows good enough better than anybody, really, maybe better than me, because he, he understands it from both a listener perspective and a creator's perspective. But uh, yeah, this is Lou. This is the guy who's made a lot of this possible, because frankly, I was not going to ever learn how to edit podcasts and post them he helped me out with a lot of that stuff so it's great to have you in here man thanks i mean i'm in here all the time it's true it's true but like great to have you in the podcast yeah, in, you know in in my listeners in your ears. podcast like, world because because i'd also like to have him start featuring on some episodes as far as uh kind of be like my oh god i hate to com- I, I hate to do the rogan comparison but like everybody knows i listen to a lot of rogan and i love the format but like to have like a young jamie to have someone in studio to bounce ideas off of other than the guests someone who could google some stuff you know so they went we don't have to leave the conversation to understand the thing but yeah so this is lou guys you may start hearing his voice a little bit more yeah. often but lou what the fuck did you just say logical fallacies yeah, logical are... fallacies and and this is just very like in, in, impromptu I, I don't know the imp- i know it's impromptu imp- I, I i made you say an opening line to the ep- episode i, like I don't I know do what the real <laughs> implication is of this but but what i said is logical fallacies are the destruction of our society right so give me an example of a logical fallacy or give me an example of something that destroys our society i guess that's the same question twice um, but <laughs> so it's I, I feel like if i were to explain it, it would be something like there's there's something going on right now and there's emotional bias everywhere and emotional bias is such a good way to explain the cloud of weirdness around is. fucking everything. And right people now. want to live in their own emotional bias and they won't separate themselves from communities that support their own relative truth mm-hmm. based in emotion, which which is a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. a, because there's no objectivity. You, mm-hmm. you're, there's no understanding. There's no love. There's no. The death of nuance. Yeah. That is, that, that will of, be. That will be this legacy's decade. That as we're closing it up, we'll you know this is uh we're in November right now. We're on the home stretch of the. There's there's never going to be an easy name for this decade, is there? Mm. Two thousand to two thousand twenty. I have no. You idea. can't call it the ones. You can't. It's not the teen. Is it the teens? Nobody calls it the teens. What did, it would like, be called? We're, we're going to have a name for the twenties, the new twenties. But anyway, not not to. They're going to call the generation based off of the most influential. Uh, group of people in society and it's going to be like the the gen x generation or oh okay that's not terrible stupid thing that's not terrible but yeah this this uh this generation's legacy among many this sorry this decade's legacy among many things i think the death of nuance people really went backwards and fell into their biases in a way that's it's going to make this next decade really interesting because the last decade was what was it well it was the 9-11 decade 2001 to 2000 not yeah, 2001 to 2010. Mm. That that 9/11's fallout, where we lost, where I guess it set up the the decade that we're in right now. As far as that created a whole new sect of people, it created a whole new thing to be terrified of. There's societal have, shift happening all, all the time, over the world, all the time, and it's in the trends that happened 50 years ago, 200 years ago. There's a new trend happening now, and all of all of humanity is trying to shift to adapt to a changing consciousness. A changing consciousness. I think, yeah, I think. Okay, there yeah, is. you're right. Well, because there's people stuck. There's there's people stuck in each of their own generations and own mindsets. I guess that came with it, right? Yeah. And they're trying to fight to hold on to that while everything changes around them. And these generations are also getting smaller. You talk a lot about generations now. I think with the creation of technology and making trends move a lot quicker and spread a lot quicker. They also end a lot quicker. And I think we used to call it. I feel like a generation used to be a decade. To me, a generation now is like four or five years. Like one high school cycle, I think you could consider a generation. With how much change is happening. With the amount of change, with the amount of tr- the way that consciousness, trends, uh, all these different music, entertainment, politics, the uh, how quickly everything is changing at, at the rate of which it's increased and it's changing, I think is causing generations to just be smaller. Like I have, I have a lot in common with people that are 10 years older than me. I have nothing in common with people who are four years younger than me. Yeah. You know what I it's mean? It's a big difference. You know, there's something happening. I th- And I think people are starting to notice that. Like, yeah, the, all those baby boomer, boomers, I think it has to do with gen- technology. That's what, I'm, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Technology has accelerated it because it's ability. The, the only reason why a, a trend, a generation is created is because it sweeps. It start, there's an epicenter to it. It moves. 
and it could only travel as fast as we could send it through the airwaves as fa- fast as we could get it to other people. Like back in, back in the day, before my time, things spread by word of mouth. You you heard about this big yeah. band called the Beatles and on the other side of the pond, but like you didn't hear, you never saw them. You know, you the, you didn't understand their influence until they made it over here. And that was what do they call that? The British. In, invasion, invasion or, yeah, or something like that. When when you know all all of uh all the English icons started being a big thing here, but now it's just you're an overnight worldwide success because of the internet. Yeah, you could be a, like a 13 year old YouTube millionaire. Yeah, with with tens of millions of subscribers. Have your own personal mansion. Right. Or like me, I have a hundred million listeners. That's not true. That's not, <laughs> that's not even. That's so I wish you did though. That would be awesome. We'd both be rich. We'd be so fucking rich, man. Um, and I'm not so fucking rich. I'm not broke either. But like, I have an amount of money. Um, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> a dollar, a dollar, I have a dollar yeah, amount. Yeah, there, there's it exists, but no, there's I'm 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 you know, but I'm having a lot of fun with this podcast, but. Yeah, man. Uh, and I don't know if the implications of like, I, I think that's one of the things that are causing people to get so biased and so, uh, so, uh, what's it called? Identity politics, not to get into politics, it, it but to get into, politics. but just like, I think that's contributing to it a lot. The, how people are falling into these, these, it's a trap. Yeah, it is a trap. It is. Imagine there's an analogy and, and I'm going to butcher it and it's all about, uh, relative morality. You know, because morality is an like kind of an abstract construct, uh, depending on your worldview. Right. But I think the analogy goes something like: if you're standing in line and and someone cuts you, you're there's a great offense to you. You're like, well, you shouldn't have been in front of me. And but the person says, well, if if truth is relative, then then there's there's no right or wrong. You know. So how do you? How do you reconcile the fact that my truth isn't your truth and yeah. there is not technically a baseline for what is good and that, what is bad? That's exactly right. Yeah. And uh, someone if if people don't use a same the same standard of truth in their own personal lives, there's always going to be a dysfunction of some sort. Right. Which is why you don't really focus on truth. I you shouldn't really focus on truth cuz truth is subjective and you can't uh like I I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before but just to reiterate it so cuz it's more relevant to this conversation. The golden rule, while it's a nice thought, it is bullshit cuz there are people in this world who are masochists. They get their kicks off by people punching them in the face and the stomach and yeah. causing extreme and emotional and physical pain to them and to them, the golden rule would mean like, yeah, I'm going to go punch people in the mouth and punch them in the stomach and call them pieces of shit because I love being treated like that and I want to pay it on to others. That's that's me treating – that's me doing unto others as I would so, them myself. Listen to this. I, when I was in college, I had I took a wellness class, and it was like one of those elective classes that you don't think you're ever going to learn anything from. It was like – By the way, sounds like a bullshit class. It was. Just, just, before I understand anything about it, just yeah. when you say wellness, I like – it's going to be really hard to keep me interested because holy shit do a lot of people try yeah. a lot of silly scams, a lot of woo-woo, wishy-washy, bullshit, hippie talk when they say wellness with like nothing science-backed. But go on. Talk to me about your wellness. So wellness it was, <laughs> and I took it just as an elective course, but I, and, I, and there was all types of things that we did like Zen and guided meditation. And this was a college course. But, and uh, we talked about lots of different things. And um, one of the things that stood out to me is that the teacher had us write a mission statement for our life. Like, this company has a mission statement. You have a personal, like, way that you live your life. There's, like, a code. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pepsi has one. I, don't, I, I forget what it is. but Make America fat. Yeah, that's probably And it. then the world. So I, I created a mission statement for my life, and at the end of my mission statement, um, I wrote it wrong, actually, uh, looking back at it. Um, and the mission statement goes, treat other people as you would treat yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, totally, that's totally wrong right. b- because of the standard that you just said. Yeah. How you would treat yourself isn't how you should treat someone else. Mm-hmm. Treat someone else how they ought to be treated or mm-hmm. how they would like I'm so glad you to said be it. treated. I'm so glad you said ought. Ought I've, is my favorite I word. know. I've, I know it is. And it's so old-timey and classic. And you say it a lot. And I want it to be brought back into the regular lexicon and hear it more often. It, I just instantly feel like I'm in the 50s or what I thought the 50s might be uh, when, when someone says ought. It's a perfect American word, a, a perfect like American dictionary, Webster dictionary word. But like for whatever reason, we don't use it much. And it's just a great word. There is a I, I discovered the word ought and and how to use it, 
in my life effectively for, by the author C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And he talks about this. What's this, his big book? Mere Christianity. And he did Narnia and... There it is. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the big book I was that's, talking uh, about. Oh, okay. what, what Christianity? <laughs> oh, no, Narnia. That's he, he's a great... A, a much more believable story. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's... Ad- never mind. Al- <laughs> Uh, Narnia is mostly al- Christian allegory, right? But and, but besides that, oh, Mister Tumnus is the devil, isn't he? I probably isn't that exactly what the devil looks like? No He's a man with with uh, sh- with goat hooves and all that. We're, we're getting into like the weeds here. All right. <laughs> um, but um, the here. he he says something in in his book Mere Christianity, and he's talking about relative moral standard in in Christianity and how there's this dichotomy mm-hmm. of what is and what ought to be. And, and that's how I discovered the you word. You know what, dude? Uh, I actually had this thought the other day, and I was thinking of doing a whole solo podcast on it, but I think you and I could really dive into it a little bit, uh, which is the difference between uh, likes, wants, and needs. Oh, yes. Likes, wants, and needs. I, rem- oh, sorry. I remember I was in elementary school, and I got on the bus, and I had Bob, my, my friendly black bus driver, and he was amazing. And um, he told me what I wanted, and, and I got into an argument about him, with him about wants versus needs and he didn't understand as like a 55 year old man and me as like a 12 year old boy differentiating between wants and needs mm-hmm. um, one of the one of the biggest problems uh so i'm, I'm gonna get into this real quick and, and bounce it off you so one of our biggest problems uh with with emotions and language is that is the connection of if you don't have a big enough dictionary if you don't have a big enough vocabulary you may not really be able to understand and uh, discern your own emotions and other people's emotions because you'll just conflate the two because you don't know words to describe them. Yeah. You might you, you're able to be a more emotional person when you could describe two different feelings, uh, but a lot of I I think there's a real big misunderstanding on the difference between what you'd like, what you want, and what you need. So I'm going to talk about that real quick sure. and you know, have you chime in on a little bit, but. Uh, this is something I was thinking about. I, I I've, I've fleshed that out a few times, so I hope I could get this clear one shot on the first try, but. I think one of the reasons why people make themselves very unhappy is that they don't understand the difference between wants, likes, and needs, and they conflate them. So, what is a need? It's real simple. Food, water, shelter. There you go. Those are your needs. Swear to God, those are your needs. If you have food, you're not going to die. If you have water, you're not going to die. If you have a roof over your head protecting yourself from the elements, you're not going to die. Those are your needs. What about love? Nope. No, but listen, listen. No, no, no. Let me get through all, all right, this. All right. I got we we could definitely... F- you, okay. We're putting a pin in love. It's right. not a terrible argument. Okay. Wants likes needs but their next one is going to explain love you will live you will survive if you take care of your wants likes or or, or if you take care of your needs which are food water shelter now to thrive to become the person that you want to be happy and all that stuff you got to figure out your likes and your wants so i want let's let's use for example i wanted to run a marathon sure yeah it was it wasn't I'd, I'd like to. I wanted it. I wanted it and I made it happen. You didn't need to do it. I did not need to do it. I did not need to run a marathon because my needs are food, water, and shelter. It was a want. Mm. It started as something I'd like to do and then I decided it was a want. And what a want is something that you could actually work toward and make happen. So, like, what's it like? I'd like to win a million dollars in the lottery. I would love it. So so I, a, I would like it. A like okay? is like a hope. Exactly. Okay. And you could turn. There are certain likes that you could turn into goals. You could quantify and draw a path to them. And there's certain ones that are just left up to fate, right? Mm. So when you start right, putting your happiness into things that you'd like, you're never going to be happy because you're leaving it up to fate. Yeah. Right. And you have to understand that, like, I'm not going to be happy unless I win the lottery. Well, you're never going to be happy, bud, because there's a good chance you're never going to win it. It's interesting that you say that because if if a person is chasing after a like to maintain some type of happiness, they're putting a lot of effort in in vain, and it's kind of an illusion. Yeah, it is. The happiness would never come. It is, exactly. Unless unless you get an an illusion of that happiness, which can be taken away very easily. Correct. Yeah, that's my perception of it. So, like, do you need love? I don't think you need love to survive because you need food, water, and love. However, you can want love. And if you want love, you will do what it takes to get it, which is be a decent person. Be I a, think a loyal, honorary, honorable, trustworthy person to people, and they will in turn love you, the ones that you want to love you in your life. Okay, so let's just, hypothetically, 
you're, you're a child and you're... It's not hypothetical. I am a child. You're a child. Everyone <laughs> of my listeners, any single person who's ever met me knows I am okay. a child. So there, yes, there's perfect a ch- example. I'm removing you. Goodbye, <laughs> Stefano. All right. Uh, Lou's going to take the podcast over from here, folks. Thanks. It's been fun. All right. There's no Stefano. The, um, there's a child and he is isolated in a room, young, maybe like six years old, locked away from humanity. There's no loving figures, no father, no mother, no physical touch, nothing. Developmentally, that child won't be a normal human being. They won't, they'll survive with just food and water if you slide it in under the door. Food, water, shelter. But they're not going to be anybody. They're not even going to have a brain function that allows them to interact with society in a meaningful way unless they are rehabilitated. And the limitation only goes so far. Um, And to be a productive, loving person. It's not what we're talking about. I know, I know it's not. It isn't. But it's necessary. Love is absolutely necessary for development, for psychological Of course it is. I'm not saying that covering food, water, and shelter is going to make you a happy person. I'm saying it's going to keep you alive. Make sure you have a good diet. Make sure you have a, a, a shelter. And, and these need to be – you could improve these over time, your food, water, and shelter. You can improve these uh, – your, your hydration habits. You could improve your nutrition, and you could improve the place that you live. And those are definitely going to be a good base for you to build your wants and likes. But just remember, those are the things keeping you alive. Never forget that. That mortgage, it's just the thing that keeps you alive. It doesn't make you happy. But then again, it's it, you could have a family that you're protecting. Now you're getting into different things. You have a family that you want, that you want, that you want to be a part of their lives and you want them to be a part of your life. So what do you do? You work hard and you be able to afford that mortgage so that they could so you could sustain them so you could sure. help sustain their life and their happiness and now they're you know you, you're like your children they're depending on you so this is a whole different thing you're taking yeah. on new responsibilities so you could sustain your means which has been providing for your family giving Correct. them some sense of security and exactly and happiness right. right okay so the whole point of this is being never the one thing that you could what i'm trying to basically keep people from doing when i talk about this stuff so decide what your wants and likes are and never, ever let your needs, ne- never let your wants become, or sorry, never let your likes become your needs. Okay. Something that you'd like to happen, if that becomes a need, if it becomes something to you that you cannot go on without, that will destroy you because it could be something that you'll never get that you understand? They have to be, it has to be something that you could sustain through your own efforts. When you say destroy, like... So- psychological psychological financially financial. social every, in every way yeah you can't you can't make something i think it almost becomes an addiction of course at it does. that point that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah. that's what it becomes so you need to make sure it's your wants that you're pursuing mm. your needs are just they you have to have them that's it however whatever the means are of your needs yeah. maybe someone provides them for you maybe you're lucky like me you have to live at home with your parents or maybe or maybe you uh Maybe you're not so lucky and you have, but either way, those three things have to be covered before you start going after likes and wants. Understand? Yeah. And I guess that standard is very different. Oh, for each by person. the way, guys, I'm an expert in nothing. As I've said before in the past, <laughs> this is just a psych, uh, a philosophical thing that I was playing around with that has many, many, many holes, just like everything I say. Like I, I want to say that again, I'm not an expert. Obviously you guys trust my perspective just to hear it. That might help you either strengthen yours or. Or break yours down a little bit. I'm not saying think this way. I'm saying this is a way to think. So what if what if I'm just imagining it like a graph, yeah. and you have circles, right? And there's and the it's likes in a pie chart, a Venn diagram. What are you talking no, about? No, no. There's three circles, right? And, On a graph. Hold on, like if we're gonna quantify it. Yeah. But um, first circle wants, second circle needs, third circle likes, mm-hmm. and they all the circles overlap. You know how like the Two circles overlap in one second. Yeah, you're talking about a Venn diagram. Yeah, a Venn diagram. That's what that is. What happens when all three of those overlap in the center of the Venn diagram? When a want, a like, and a need are all the same thing? They're all in the same category. Is it even possible? Well, absolutely. You could... I'd like... uh, I'd like to change my diet, right? I want to change my diet and I need a healthy diet to, you know, change my health. Sure. You know what I mean? Like when, when the doctor gives you an ultimatum, like, Hey, switch your life up or you're going to die. That's a need. then. Yeah. And don't forget diet. Isn't just food. Diet is the drugs you're taking. Yeah. Those are, those go right along in there. The things that you're put 
food is an over it's, it's it's an umbrella term it's everything you're putting in your body you know what i mean so it's not it's not just what you're doing or what and what you're not doing so cigarettes another part of it just all yeah. that stuff there there will there could come a point in your life where yeah your wants your likes your needs could all be the same thing maybe i don't have a good example on the spot because i no, hadn't no, considered okay. it but yeah. you understand what i'm saying i'm just trying to think of all possibilities of 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 those three uh conditions overlapping and maybe not even a trifecta even sometimes in just a duality right or in or a standalone of course which is you know how we originally mentioned it interesting isn't it <laughs> but uh wow it hasn't it's, been a while and i still haven't even asked the question i ask all my guests but uh, we, we fell into a couple rabbit holes good rabbit holes but lou you more than anybody on fucking earth know yeah, what's coming next i do what makes you happy and for the love of god i gotta start putting this uh caveat in here in a in a, a less obvious way but like most people will say something about friends or family and it's great to talk about them and i want to hear about them too but i'm more talking about things I'm, I'm talking about hobbies. I'm talking about interests. I'm talking about something outside of the things that were programmed to love. What's something that you found in your life that makes you happy? All right. Well, because I, I, you seem to me a pretty fulfilled person. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> the illusion but, is grand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I'd I'm go saying, home like, and cry myself you, to sleep. Right. Don't we all? That's the normal part of life. <laughs> no, um, but I guess the thing that could be your your ultimate happiness could also be your ultimate demise. I guess. Oh Christ. This what? is what happens when two Gemini's talk. Everybody, we have, there's four people in the room. Uh, I know. You know what? And and it's and it's and I'm only prefacing. I'm, Answer the fucking question, only, Lou. We could get wishy washy, yeah, woo woo yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Answer the question, and then we'll get into this. Oh, but you're good, computer. Two things. Two things. Two things. <laughs> meaningful creative expression. Okay. There's one. Personally, your, like your meaning, you meaningfully and cre- expre- creatively expressing yourself, or others, or both. 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 Cool. But. Well, I mean, you do have a podcast studio, and yeah. Through movement. Through movement. So, mean? like, for example, you I saw you at the rock climbing gym that day. You did. Yeah. You did. We didn't even plan on it. We were there with different people. And, and I was like, like <laughs> I see this. <laughs> yeah, this? I, it was so Jim-oke weird. I, neither of us talk about the fact, like, talk to each other about the fact that we were like, going rock climbing. Nothing. And even yeah. though I talked to him all the time. So, it, that was hysterical. Yeah, that was a total ridiculous. All right. So, anyway. That is a meaningful form of creative expression for me, rock climbing. And it brings me a lot of joy. You jo- know what? It brings me a lot of joy. Hold on. All right. Let's, let's talk about that for a second because I have some experience with rock climbing and a few different things that have similarities with what we're about to get into. The marriage of creativity and athletic activity. Yeah. This is something that a lot of – I don't think a, a lot of people understand there, is a, there could be a connection to. In fact, most times are. I really think a lot of athletes are artists and a lot of art, maybe not a lot of artists are athletes. Mm. You know, they're, they're some who, you know, not active, but the activity and the way that you could, you could make your body active. There's so many different artistic and creative aspects to it that are kind of lost upon people because there's an ego, like bodybuilding. There's a very egotistical driver that goes into bodybuilding, into creating a body that's aesthetic and looks like a superhero, big muscles, all that bro shit, everything that people talk about, all the negatives that come with bodybuilding. But at the end of the day, you're trying to create something beautiful through sweat and pain and suffering and sacrifice. You're you're trying to make something that that you look in the mirror and you're like, this looks great. And trust me, a lot of bodybuilders don't think they look good. They they want to look better. They always want to look better and they're always increasing. But then you see them walk by you and you're like, that looks like a chiseled piece of marble. That is such a beautiful person. What they have done yeah. to their body. I could see every... It looks like somebody sculpted this person. It's gorgeous. Every and they, muscle line popping through yeah, the, the and, skin. And they, turn, and they did that with, you know... What's so incredible about artists is they could take everyday tools and create beautiful art with them. Like, so, so, so someone, you give an artist a pencil and they can make a portrait, but like a bodybuilder guys, they do not have a single extra muscle than an average person. Not one extra muscle. There isn't anything different about their body. They're using the exact same tools as you. Genetically, they could be a little bit different. And yes, they could be going to the lab, throwing some steroids in the mix, but either way, and you could just see that as another paintbrush. But they're doing something really creative. Now, with rock climbing, yeah, people, uh, it's both an athletic pursuit, but at the same time, there's a billion different ways to climb a rock. It's route. like a game of chess. It really is with yourself, with your body doesn't... With the holds. Your, your mind may understand, but there's a brain-body connection where you, it, thinks it's, it thinks it's trying to save its own life. 
that's it's thrown into the mix. Your body <laughs> it definitely is, looked like you were trying to save your life on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, your body, your body is going into a very primal thing. You're scaling a wall. Yeah. Humans are designed to do it. We're designed to do pretty much every single thing in nature. And you're climbing a wall, and you now are high enough to know that if you fall, you're dead. Your body doesn't understand there's a cable system supporting you. Your body, when you're bouldering, your body doesn't understand that. Uh, that the mats underneath you will protect you from from getting hurt. So you go into this adrenaline-fueled oneness with yourself where, like, the goal is to get to the top. The goal is to survive. Your the limbic goal is to brain not fall. takes yeah. over. And you're not just using muscle. You're using spirit. You're using technique to keep yourself glued to that wall, anything to survive. It's, at, it's, it's one of the best blends of mental... And physical that I've ever seen. Mm. I I actually draw a lot of conclusions, uh, or sorry, a lot of comparisons with rock climbing and jujitsu. Okay. Jujitsu very similar to it's a very physical thing with dire consequences, but it is a chess match. Although there's another person there, and as a white belt, it's just me getting choked over and over and over and over again, and me doing a lot of tap 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 because there's white belts who weigh half my weight and could just break my arms in half. It's it's rough. The yeah. the beginning stages of this martial art are rough, but it's a lot of fun. But yeah, that whole rock climbing experience. I think everybody's got to try it. So m- creative expression through movement, it, whether it's through – there's all different types of movement. It could be th- a movement through a brush or it could be movement through dance or it could be movement through physical exercise like, like we're talking about. And I think you don't – the beauty of it is the emotional release, I think, and, mm-hmm. the, and the self-discovery. Yeah. For for me, when I climb, I experience a f- – like a type of catharsis there's emotion in myself that is hard to reach but when i ex- try to express it through movement it it releases itself and then i could understand it in a way that i normally couldn't by trying to muscle it out like for example when you were running your marathon you had a great moment of catharsis and you just wept mm-hmm. over over the journey yeah over and, a lot of things yeah yeah and that's a, a form of catharsis that happens through meaningful creative movement yeah yeah if and you, expression if, you know i've never done psychedelics because i'm not sure my mind could uh i'm not sure whether or not my mind can handle it whether i'm interested but i I've, I'd, I'd be lying if i said i wasn't curious but i do believe i experienced an ego death that day that i ran that marathon at mile 20 i said out loud stefano's gonna sit the next few miles out i said it out loud like a crazy person and you were gone and i pretty much blacked out for an hour it wasn't until mile 25 where the guy said, this is your last marker until you get to the finish line. You got this. You I snapped back. back to myself. That's when I, one of the hardest things I've ever run is run 25 miles and start crying and have to run a mile. Because running a mile while crying is not fucking easy. And it was going in and out. It was like laughing and, and like happiness. Because I'm basically reminiscing about the six years that led up to this moment that I'm about yeah. to have. And it's like going from crying, you know, I'm thinking about the bad times, the good times, the ups, the downs, all that stuff. And it's just, I'm going through so much. And yeah, at the end, I had a very cathartic experience, really. That like part, of, a lot of bad parts of me died and a lot of good new parts wow. of me were created in the moment I crossed that finish line. That's and unbelievable. The, the funny thing was I had prepared to feel nothing going into it to make sure that I wouldn't be destroyed by this fucking marathon. Oh, so you just made, shut, you wanted to shut yourself down just so you could complete it. Yeah, I prepared myself for crossing the finish line and having no cathartic event, just being like, ah, oh, that was a good workout, basically. That's what wow. emotionally I prepared myself for because if I wasn't emotionally prepared for that and it happened, I would have been fucking devastated oh. because the first time around when I lost all that weight, that's exactly what I wanted. Like, I lost 100 pounds and still felt 100 pounds heavier. So you wanted no expectation. No expectations going to it. I'm just like, listen, I'm going to cross that finish line and that's it. That's all I care about Well, you day. got a gift. Exactly, and then... It all rushed in, and I'm like, oh, this is a nothing. <laughs> this is a whole lot of something. And I'm crying, and I'm laughing, and I'm just, it was so much. Honestly, people so were much. probably crying with you. Oh, well, not, yeah, yeah. They, not people in the got same emotional. capacity, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, but people got emotional. It, it was it was a huge event. But yeah, no, that, that, expre- that creative expression, that just, that uh, expressing of the human spirit through movement, it, I, you're not just staying in shape when you do it, guys. There's, there's a massive mental benefit. I having a successful comedy show, having a, a good podcast, having a whatever, doing something creative and then doing something dist- kind of destructive is what, you know, what athletic pursuits tend to be where you feel dead after you also feel alive and feel like you did something. It's almost just as fulfilling that when you, when you finish something, when you finish a workout, when you finish like a big workout, it's almost just, it's, it's like fulfilling in a different way as being creative, but it's also 
very this is much similar. It's it's an incredible feeling. I I, I really do try to uh, encourage people as much as I can to get into some form of movement, some form form of exercise because it gave me so much. And it's like I don't even need you to do the things that I do. I'm gonna tell you about the things that I do and what I love about them. But I'm just I do that in a way. To, I, I say that in like go find your jujitsu. Go find your marathon. Go find your whatever it is that you you don't even know that you love it yet because you haven't given it a shot but you have an idea that you lo- would like it because it's in your head right now you're like yeah i kind of want to try out zumba i would love zumba you know I would, yeah, just go i'm not it. saying that i want to try pilates. out zumba. Let's i go think do i think all you zumba people look fucking ridiculous but if it makes you happy fucking do it is what i'm saying it doesn't matter i'm sure i look ridiculous when i'm picking up fucking stones and logs and all that shit i look like a goddamn caveman you know, you know what would make me happy if we did partner yoga Oh Christ! Uh, I think I'm gonna. I, th- I think good enough will be parting ways. I'll lie down on on this beach on on my towel and I'll take my feet and I'll put it on your hips and I'll elevate you. Do you, you even up. understand the amount of likes that we get on Instagram? <laughs> to, to for me to be the flyer, especially like like me in the air and you. <laughs> we have like a really. We get Ricky to do like a really oh good, but like like frame it up really nice with the camera. Oh my God! I, we I, should I, film a parody yoga video. <laughs> I created shit. a bad thing. <laughs> See, you uh, can't put ideas in my head because I. One of the things I do is when an idea is in my head and I have any inclination to make it happen. I take it back. I really do try to make those things happen. I'm working on my next uh, athletic endeavor, guys. I can't talk about it quite yet. All I know is it's going to be something on a. It would be something on like a athletic history books type scale, where where I will be pulling if 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 I'm I'm going to be doing a test run of like a tenth of what it is tomorrow. And I will probably talk more about it as it develops, but it's I, a secret. I don't even know about I it. I have a, a, the owner of my gym in on it. I have uh, a trainer in on it. I'm going to start getting some, uh, nutrition people, some supplement companies in on it. Like I, I it's going to be a 24 hour event and I don't, I've looked it up enough to know that it's something like this exactly like what I'm setting up has never been done before. I have to know if I'm physically able to do it. Uh, I'm so I'm gonna I, I will be training for it. The training is gonna be brutal, probably a couple of months, but I'm uh I'll talk about it as it as it comes along. I also have to, I have to be kind of cryptic about it because if I put it out into the world, someone may do it before me. Ooh, so <laughs> no one's done it before. What I'm attempting, the way that I'm attempting it, absolutely not. Wow, absolutely not. Nobody's done it before. I I, I could say that without a shadow of a doubt. And if people contact me personally, depending on who you are, I might fill you in on. Are it. you in danger? Um, I wouldn't be in danger because uh, I would have people there to make sure that I'm not. But it's the kind of thing that, like, I could I could tear something on. I could I could just be over-fatigued. I could uh, – rhabdomyosis, that's the kind of thing that could show up. Yeah. 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 yeah we'll from, have an ambulance on standby. That Maybe not on standby because that's a fuck ton of money. <laughs> I think just the trip for a, an ambulance is like $800. You just have to do it in front of so the to, ambulance. So, like to have one, so to have one parked and ready to rock, you're probably talking like five, six grand, wow. right? Because this event is going to be 24 hours. I know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, God, this, yeah, this is the first time I'm talking about it publicly. Fuck. This just makes it more and more likely that I'm Ooh. actually going to do this. God damn it, guy. It's not even one of those like... Oh, I'm hyping it up, but it's, it's really a mystery. Not that big I love it. It's like the it's the kind of thing that like, uh, it would be fucking legendary if I pulled it off. And no, the reason you can invite the Guinness Book of World Records to your event. I don't know how to quantify it with them. Yeah, actually, I think I might. You should. Maybe I will. Maybe yeah. I'll hit them up and let them know what I'm attempting and see if they're interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be a big deal, man. And that would also be way more incentive for me to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, oh shit. Well, they're here. I if I'm, you know. 90% of the way there, I'm not going to... All right, I'm not going to... I'm, gonna, I'm right. going to stop talking about it because I don't want you guys to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? But, I have a question. Has has anyone on the show asked you what fundamentally makes you happy? What fundamentally makes me happy? I don't think anyone's actually ever asked You're always asking everybody. Yeah, and, well, because I think... I ask everybody because I feel pretty confident in the things that I'm happy about, and I th- I make them pretty public. Yeah. I, I, I talk about them all the time. I think if you ask any listener of this podcast, they would be like... Well, what doesn't make this fucking kid happy? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. but like outside of the family thing, like I love my family to death. I love my friends to death. You know, my niece, my nephew, my brothers, my my mother, my father, my cousins, just everybody. I, I love love them. And those are just a given. And and then there's all the things I do. It's like I, it's almost like too many things make me happy. I just love and I love trying shit out. 
you know, rock If climbing. you could only have one, well, okay. what would you pick? I've told you about my four pillars, right? Oh, that's right. We have discussed the four I, pillars. And I think I've talked about them on the podcast before. And I think everybody should have pillars. Not four, but I have four. Okay. It's the four things I will always fall back on. And I know, I know I love them. I know that I love pursuing them. I know that I could, by doing any of these four things, they will always keep me Stefano. No matter how far I get away from them, no matter whatever my next endeavor is, these four things make me who I am, make me happy, make I could be doing them and not feel like I'm doing anything wrong. It doesn't matter if I have $10,000 of debt over my head, if somebody that I love just died, if I lost something, you know, whatever it is, whatever situation I'm in, it's, these are my four pillars. So, running, lifting, acting, comedy. Okay. If I have access to those four things, I know... Yeah. And I just don't let myself get too far away from them either. That's that's the other thing. I you know as much as I I, I love them a lot, and even I, I can't do all four of them at the same time. But I got to remember in my heart and in my soul yeah. that those things are my four pillars. They prop me up. They keep me up in the air. If I lost everyone I loved, every thing I ever loved, all my money, all my possessions, if I just I just my life was absolutely in the shitter, I would get back to those mm-hmm. four things. I should make my own, and and uh, I think everybody should. And I'll let you know what they are. I really think everybody should. Yeah. You know, because they don't know. It's something that I made up, the, these four pillars. I, I made up because the second time around when I lost all that weight, I wanted to never again get in the rut that made me heavy. I already know what one of mine is, and I'll share it with you. Yeah, tell me. The art of communication. Yeah, that's Act, a really good one. Interpersonal communication. That, a, and I've seen your mood change from a good conversation. Thank, I've, yeah, seen I've, you've gone, I've seen you go into something with, in a dark place. You have a good conversation, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, this this kid, this is what he needed. The defi- I mean, I think someone mentioned this to me a long time ago. Like the definition between of of an of an extrovert is that they feel re-energized through social interaction, and an introvert, you know, it expends energy for them to be out and to be in those social interactions. Oh, that's and, not yeah. And they an need extrovert. that recharge. They need that recharge time. But I mean, I'm, everyone needs recharge time, right? Yeah, yeah. But as an extrovert, those interactions make me genuinely happy. I have so Hell much yeah. joy from yeah, a man. good conversation. So remember that you have one pillar right now, man. Convers- interpersonal You have one pillar. Never forget that for the rest of your life. I won't. Someone dies, you lose a bunch of money, whatever the fuck it is. Remember that one of your pillars is communication. Yeah. Seriously, man. And Everybody, listen to this conversation and think hard about yours. Again, make it, it – I really don't think it should be a thing like friends or family because the thing is you do lose these things. All right? You're – your, your parents, your, your friends, your family, yes, you love them, and it's devastating when you lose them, and you need your coping mechanisms in place. You need the things that make you feel alive outside of these people, okay? Not everybody's going to be there forever. Uh, so, you know, make these things that you could, you will, basically your four pillars are, are things that make you happy that you could control. Remember that. Okay. You could you I control the amount that I lift, run, act, and do comedy. It's it's up to me. I can control the amount of communication that I have and, with people. Exactly. And in a time and when bad things happen, one of the real things that you're having a problem with is you're coping with your loss of control. You feel a loss when you when someone is taken from you. We're talking yeah. grief now. When someone is taken from you, you feel a loss of control. You you feel like you feel so shitty and you can't do anything about it, but you can do the things that you love. Now Maybe they don't fill, I'm not saying they fill that void, but just remember to keep, you should be doing the, your, your pillars. They could be a catalyst for more understanding, though. Absolutely. You'll find yourself there, because that's where you leave yourself. Those mm. are your four pillars, those yeah. are who make you you. Remember, that's why it's in my, like, my Instagram profile, <laughs> at yeah. running, acting, comedy, lifting, because those are the things, those are really me at my core. Everything else is kind of frills. We're talking about identity, which is a very esoteric topic. What does esoteric mean? It's like outside of, of the self, which is identity being identity being outside of the self is a whole nother like philosophical. It's a lot. It it's is, a real but lot. we'll talk about that next time. Cool. The yeah, the topic of identity. Who is, the fuck says I'm having you back? <laughs> Me. I've, I've already told you. Uh, oh yeah, everybody you did. that I want you to be on more regularly. But yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, identity, Stefano. Everyone mm-hmm. has to find out their own personal pillars of identity. Yeah. Yeah. I. I just call them pillars, but pillars of identity, if that's what they are to you. I don't know. Yeah, that's what it would be for yeah. me. Yeah, that's important. I think I think it's really important. It helped me out a lot. We should talk. I mean, like, I don't know how much time we have left, but there's a lot to talk about uh, about this show, the production of the show. You know show. what? Let's say, yeah, the entire rest of the show, let's do it all. Yeah, I, I, so so let's talk about that a little, man. I okay. don't even know where the fuck to start. Uh, let's start. Let's get into how it all 
formulated. Sure. Let's get my let's get my listeners to hear. Maybe we should have done this in the beginning of the Probably. episode. Probably. It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. They'll they'll listen. I'll say it in the intro that this is in the end. But listen. Okay. So I had heard wind of my friend, acquaintance, see him at the gym, all that stuff. Lou Fournier. That's perfect. Perfect. Fournier. He's got one of those names that you could pronounce French like an idiot, or you could say it in the Americanized way, and I don't know which when I read it. But yeah, it's Fournier. Lou Fournier. But Lou, I knew that he had opened up a podcast studio, and I know I always wanted to start a podcast. And I'm like, I I should talk to him. And uh, you know what? God damn, I don't think I've ever told my listeners about this, but one of the big reasons why this podcast started was the summer that it started, um, I had three goals that that I went in order of. Okay. Basically, like... I never heard do, this before. Yeah, I have never told anyone this. <laughs> That's right. something that I kept pretty close to me, but Breaking yeah, news. Yeah, it is pretty breaking news. <sighs> it would start... Uh, I. I need. I, I was gonna either get a second job, like a side, like a really second job, like a side hustle, like the kind of thing that like I could change my life with with that extra kind of income. Yeah. So I was either gonna pick up a second job, get a girlfriend, okay, or do something creative. That creative thing being a podcast. Am I your girlfriend, Stefano? No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> second job didn't work out. I just couldn't find that second job. Then uh, heart got a little bit broken, <laughs> we'll say, and we don't need I'm to get in, for you, we don't need to get into it any more than that. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, we had a had a, ru- a rough couple of months with something that didn't work out. So I'm like, well, <laughs> that leaves me with one choice, and good enough was born. But good enough was always going to be a thing because I came up with it years ago when I did my first podcast with this one dude who actually I'm no longer friends with. I'm not even gonna fucking talk about him. He seems a real dick. But anyway. Did a podcast with this guy, and I came up with this literally out of the fucking blue. I'm like, I want to call it good enough. And he's like, I don't like it. I'm like, all right, you have a bunch of dicks. Well, he doesn't have to like it. It's It's yours. Yeah, yeah. So I would eventually – so good enough was always going to be the name of my podcast. And I would figure out what the fuck good enough meant over over a period of time. But I I think – Yeah. Yeah. But I think we all pretty much figured out what good enough is. You know, I've, I've, I've described it a thousand times. The journey gives it the meaning. Exactly. Yeah. The journey gives it the meaning. God, I remember to remind me to name this episode that. Okay. The journey gives it the meaning. <laughs> oh, that's fucking beautiful. Okay. Anyway, so there's me wanting a podcast called Good Enough. Cool. That sits in my head for like two or three years, right? So now I have this summer where, well, no girlfriend, no second job. Time to get do something creative with. I'm my offended, time. Stefano. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> all right. Basically, I had I knew I had. With all my hobbies, I knew I still had a lot of free time, and I'm like, I want to fill that with something, something meaningful, something that adds value to my life, either love, money, or creativity, basically. And uh, so, so yeah, good enough was born. Uh, so what? Let's talk about things on your end. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you'll remember my first interaction better than I. Would. I, I honestly, it, for my story begins before you. So let me just preface it with my own little story. Yeah, please. This I didn't want to start a podcast studio. That wasn't my initial endeavor, not even to create a sound studio. That wasn't on the radar at all. I, I worked at Yale, New Haven Hospital, and I used to make announcements over the intercom for the hospital. And I would have people come up to me all the time, and they'd be like, wow, you have such an amazing voice. <laughs> Everybody's listening. You, you have a beautiful voice. We do a, Before this episode, we've done so much test recording with him on the mic, and I'm, half the reason I wanted to have him on, like, yeah, I think he'd be a great guest, and I think it's cool for you guys to hear the other half, but the other half is just, he's got a silky, smooth, I, I sexy radio that. voice. I love, your, I love your radio voice. So, you know what? People told me that all the time when I worked at Yale, and I thought it was cockamamie. I, I was like, I don't want to hear about it. There's... They're like, you should be on the radio. You should do this. You should do that. And and I just thought it was all flattery, and I just kind of poo-pooed it. And then, I love that term so much. Yeah. <laughs> and it happened, doctors were telling me patients. I mean, I work on a psych unit, so patients were telling me not that I give. Yeah, that much I don't know credence. how much credibility <laughs> you should give the the people in the psych ward. Visitors were telling me, nurses, ever everyone. People were like, "Listen, man, I think you'd be great on the radio. I hear yeah. the devil. What? The devil? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hear him all the time. Yeah, all right, yeah. have a good uh, one, Mr. Jones. If you only knew how true that was. <laughs> <laughs> good God. But um, eventually, after years at being at Yale, um, I just counted it as normal hearing those types of compliments i guess and then my sister's in the performing arts and um one we'll get back to my sister one gentleman at yale came up to me and he showed me the video of the man with the golden voice have you ever 
seen the yeah the, the hobo yeah I think he ended up like smoking crack a month later he's, he's on this well it's a long story but he's on the side of the street and a news crew pulls up and, and they start interviewing him super viral video yeah and they're like all right well show me that voice and he goes uh, you're listening to WPLR best of oldies tune in next time and don't change that dial and it's like out of this world. Because he looked like a bag of death. Yeah. It was awful. He, Just like, he looked like he smelled, and he smelled like he looked, I'm sure. And I'm sure he did. And yeah. he fell into like a depraved state of addiction. And, and they found his talent, and they brought him back up. And he had a very affluent radio career, and he was, he's known as the man with the golden voice. So one of the guys uh, at work told me, You're, you are the man with the golden voice. And I was like, get out of here. But it was a, like that really hit home. Out of all the things that anyone ever told me, that resonated with me. And then a year or so later, my sister comes back. And in the back of my mind, I have this, like, thing. Because even, like, I go home, I play video games. People are like, wow, you've got a great voice on, like, video game chat. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Uh, my sister comes home. She brings a crappy microphone back from New York. And we sit down and we start playing with it. And I do, like, some impromptu, like, voice skit. And she's blown away. And I'm like, if my sister thinks that I have talent, then maybe I should explore it. That's a big deal, by the way, guys, because siblings are your biggest critic. They're, yeah. If you suck at something, they're going to tell you. And if you're good at something, they're going to tell you you suck. And if you're great at something, they'll actually and tell you you suck. But if you're really, really, really yeah. good, they're going to have to give it to and you. And she's talented. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's a singer. She's a performing artist. She's been doing performing artists since the very beginning of Gary and Fran. Like uh, Gary and Fran Scarpa. Scarpa, everybody. yeah. Um, you know, they were running center stage for a long time. God, I have to have where, St where Stefano did his last comedy uh, show, but thanks for coming out, Lou. That was yeah, it was, that was great. Cool oh, amazing show! A lot of fucking people came out, right? Oh, 150, I yeah. think. It at was least like over. At least, hey guys, come out to the fucking next one. All yeah, right? you won't want to miss it. It was, uh, I was dying. Maybe I'll try to see if I could get good enough listeners a discount. We'll talk about it. You All should, right. yeah. So, um, so I took my sister's advice to heart, and I went and I started looking at voiceover opportunities to be a professional voiceover artist, and um, I. Through a whole bunch of exploration, I finally did some classes, and I signed up with a school in New York, and uh, I worked with a vocal coach and produced a demo. I have a voiceover demo, and after all of my training was completed, thousands of dollars later, um, I, I needed a space to do voiceover work and to create an isolated sound booth for voiceover is difficult. And most people are doing it at home, like in their closets. But I wanted something a little more professional than that. There's, uh, I was actually talking about it, uh, Pat Oates. So, Pat, twice past guest. As we were, last time after we recorded, uh, as I was walking him out, we were talking about how important it is to have a separate place to practice, a separate place to go to. Yeah. Like, if you have a home gym, a lot of people have a home gym and they're fat as fuck because they don't use it because yeah. it's there. They don't have to travel to it. They don't have to set themselves to a purpose. So yeah, having a, that's one of the great things about me having this studio space to record in with you is that it forces me to do it. You know, I'm not, but yeah. So I know what you mean. I, I understand your need for it because I had the same need. I still have that need in a lot of ways, but this this place satisfies that. Just broke my own fucking need light want rule, didn't I? <laughs> you yeah. did. Yeah, you can, that oh, thing doesn't man. hold up to shit, nope, guys. Nope. All right, it was just a fun thought. Fucking so stupid. Oh, if, if I can't hold to it, <laughs> uh, so, um, I came to this building, which mm -hmm. is an old abandoned factory. It's not abandoned. It, it feels like it could be though. Yeah, <laughs> it's a ghost of a building. There's it's like hard to explain. Forty plus businesses in this factory building and i gotta go get them to advertising good enough. it's very very easy to get lost here and it looks like if you're not in my studio the whole building is like steampunk there's like metal pipes hanging everywhere um so i came here and discussed getting a space for doing voice acting and i saw this room and it was a great price and it was much bigger than i and i just wanted like 100 square feet i just wanted a little hole in the wall in a really quiet place in the building mm -hmm. but then i realized that i could go in on the space with someone and it could cut the cost in half. And if I was anticipating the amount of voiceover income, I should be able to easily pay for it with the amount that I could make in voiceover. Uh, I never even made close to that. But I bought the space, and I was working with a gentleman in the building who had already started doing some creative sound things uh, and audio recording. And, um, and the vision just started developing into the podcast studio the audio engineer space, the isolated sound booth, um, 
Yeah, and, it, and you, it, you, I can't wait to. You haven't even listened to the Pat Oates episode yet because he hasn't edited it. But for you guys, it's already out, so he'll have listened to it by the time this conversation airs. Yeah. But yeah, fucking fucking around with the time time continuum right now. But Pat was just, just fucking talking about that. That's so right. All right, go, go ahead. It, it grew, and re- I had no idea what I, I when I decided that this is what I was going to do. It it grew over the course of a few months. The idea and and the practicality of it, and I have a problem with commitment. Mm. I, I really do. So things you don't want your producer to say. Yeah, <laughs> things you don't want. To, but I I have this uncanny ability to run head on into my insecurities because they have no business being in my life. It's <laughs> a great fucking way to approach yeah. it. They have no business. I like that. So I went on a limb and in an act of faith, I bought this space, which was way outside of my means, like my financially. I couldn't afford this place at all. And I <laughs> took out, <laughs> I made some credit cards and I fabricated this whole space with money I didn't have, hoping that I would have a return. Um, if you build it, they will, will come. come. That was your business plan, <laughs> that was dude. My business plan. The, one of the riskiest <laughs> business plans there is. That's all faith. That's all. But you believed in yourself. You had oh, to. I or had, it was like. I, when I met with the owner of this building and I said, this is, this is the space I want. Give it to me. I ne- I'm a negotiator. So I negotiated a price that was lower than the original and we did some bargaining. When I signed that paper, my heart dropped. Of course I, I had did. buyer's remorse. I had business remorse. Right. I was like, There's, I have no choice but to be successful. Yeah. You started a business in a country that fucking hates new businesses. Yeah. They hate small business. Like literally it's so hard to survive. The statistic is like 80% of small businesses fail in the first year. And that's an an exaggeration, but it's high. It's really high. It's above 50%. Um, and it's almost a full year and we're doing just fine. Hell fucking. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. And it's been a real, we're not going anywhere, but up, up, we're we're going up. I mean, there have been some great moments where like, I met my goals, which I, which I were a long shot. Like for me, just even breaking even with the cost of the studio was like a great goal. Right. Like a goal that I was, I was dumbfounded. I was like, there's no way that this is becoming something real. If I had like five people march into the studio right now and said, Hey, I want, I want regular content. I'd probably cry. Like I, that means so much to me Mm -hmm. and I, I want to give them the best quality that I can, Mm -hmm. which is the quality of these shows just continually get better. It really does. I mean, starting from episode one, which isn't terrible, but if you, li- if you like, you guys probably haven't noticed just, I don't know if you've listened to every episode consistently, like you go back in the library and start listening. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah, no, it gets better and better over time. Like even if it's the same equipment, it's just the settings, the tinkering, my habits as a speaker. Cause oftentimes I'll give Lou a test and he's like, yeah. Oh, perfect. And we'll set the mics up to that. And he leaves the room and I talk completely different <laughs> and it comes out weird. And Lou gives me shit for it, which he, he should. Cause he's like, yeah, you need to give me a, be- I need to be giving him a more realistic test. But my problem is I, uh, and pretty much always in character. Yeah. That's the way I live my life. We had this conversation off mic one day. We did. But like, it's not of being fake. It's the only way I know how to be. So when I, you put me in a situation, like when I'm on stage, dude, I flip a switch. I, there's no other way to describe it. I could be backstage. And then when you, I'm about to host this mic, a uh, host, this show, I flip that switch and now I'm host Stefano. Oh, how's it going? Bing, bing. And it's just this elevated version of my personality. So the same thing with this, like, before the mics are actually hot and I'm recording, I'm going to talk different. There's nothing I could do about yep. it. You know? And I just anticipate that. <laughs> exactly. And you do a fucking great job of it, honestly. I'm, I'm so happy with the work you've done for me, for yourself, for how, what we're going to be growing. I really want you to pick up some new clients and, yeah. and just like, because the bigger you get, the better the show gets, you know, the more reach it gets and all. There's so many things that will improve. And you're also a friend. I want you to do well. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's not just. You know, if this place closed down, good enough would continue. It wouldn't be the same. There's no way it would be the same. No. I'd have to move. You know, I'd It'd be, be sad. I'd be doing it myself, or I'd be doing it with somebody else. I don't want it that oh, way. So you yeah. know what I mean. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's going great. And uh, like I said, I want to have you on a little bit more regularly because you're already in the studio so much, 
and you are the other half of this thing, guys. Yeah. Like everything you've heard went through his ears first. That's a fact. Everything I, you heard went through his ears. Sometimes first. I just listen to the podcast and I find like one thing and I just put it, I play with stuff on his voice. I just put it on repeat. Yeah. Well, because I have, there's a, I'm I'm a walking cartoon, like a living living actual cartoon, and I do if if you isolate a lot of the things I say, it's just it's this yeah. explosive crazy silliness, you know, all that shit, but. Um, yeah, man, I I really appreciate uh, everything you've done and all the things that we're gonna gonna be accomplishing coming up, setting some goals and having more guests in. and and even even your ability as a host has grown like exponentially. I would think so. Yeah, from, not not and not just a host as a podcast host. Yeah, but as a ho- the hosting is the thing I want to master. Hosting is the thing that I want people to hire me for. Hosting is the thing that I get. I it sounds crazy, but pound for pound, nothing has ever made me more money mm. than hosting. And I'm not saying that like I made a million dollars off hosting. I'm saying for my time, for 90 minutes of my time, that's the best I'm getting paid. Yeah. You know, so it's like as crazy as it is to think that like I have this dream to be like a game show host or a talk show host or this or that. I don't know how I'll pull the job. The very fact of the matter is I have increased my value in it over time by making myself better at it. And I think the podcast helps a lot with my stage hosting and my stage hosting helps a lot with my podcast hosting. And it's all it all feeds into itself. So, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 been really really good for me. But anyway, I want to wrap this episode up, but I'm really interested to see what you speak into infinity. Oh my! I don't goodness. have to explain. I expl- I over explain <sighs> it to all my guests because it's a weird question to ask. And if you guys ever have a better suggestion of how I could ask that question, it's just it it's it's a lot, and it's so open ended. But uh, I hear I, you'll you'll enjoy this. Oh, fantastic! I love enjoying stuff. Oh, Listen up, guys. Let me let me think of how to phrase this because this is don't overthink one of no 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 it's really important I <laughs> phrase it right because how how what, how my intention towards this phrase it needs to be understood appropriately everything that has been created will be redeemed and no one needs to worry about anything outside of being the best person that you can be in your means. I don't need to say anything else, guys. It's perfect. Play it back. Press the 15-second rewind button on your iPod or iPhone, whatever. Just listen to it a couple times. Process it. Ego digest death. it. And, and the key to that is ego death. It can't be It can't be about you all the time. Do psychedelics. Do, uh, yeah, well. <laughs> Hold on the podcast. Right, I get it. But anyone could experience ego death. Understand themselves at a deeper level, and there's no need to worry. I think everyone's trying to meet some lofty personal goal to be the best or to be right or to be above everyone just be above yourself why because come on say it with me because it's good enough my boy (laughs) my boy that's how we wrap it up and keep the theme strong you said it without saying it and then i made you say it but (laughs) fuck yeah man Uh, hell yeah there you go all right man so uh let's plug uh just talk about you as a business, sure. you know, where yeah, to find yeah. you and some, you know, I'm sure some entertainers, some artists listen Easy. to this. Yeah. So, uh, Royal Fox studio here in Shelton, Connecticut, right on 415 Howe Avenue. It's the home of good enough with Stefano Sanzo. Yes, it is. And maybe your podcast, you know, and contact we're, him. We're in suite, uh, 175 and you can come down. We have a creative hub here, not just for podcasting, but. If you are a musician and you need to do professional instrument recordings or vocal recordings, or if you're a music producer, uh, we have some producers come in and they produce hip-hop content here. We have all types of music that comes out of the studio. And then, of course, we have the podcasting, and we do post-production here. And we're looking to get musicians in here for regular lessons. So if you're a musician and you have a small student base and you need a professional environment to do lessons you can do that here uh you know for an affordable monthly fixed rate very affordable and lose a great guy to work with i could speak from personal experience and then we do have our audio engineer that works here um in house that would be able to tackle any like musical project that is more complex um he has literally probably $10,000 of just software dedicated to just mixing and mastering and post-production. Hell yeah. It's it's out of this world. So he, he actually has an office right behind me. He went to school and his degree is in audio engineering. So you know you're, you're getting the best. 
And when, I mean, if you ever come in, instruments are just scattered all along the walls. You could just pick up and play anything. There's a little fridge. We've got, you know, the I'm sure you've seen the pictures. All the sound uh, foam is up on the walls. But it's a really cozy and comfortable environment. And if anyone wants to get in touch, you can reach out at royalfoxstudio at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at royalfoxstudio. Everything is just Royal Fox Studio. We have a Facebook, Royal Fox Studio at Facebook.com. Yep. <laughs> and, um, and that's it. And if you're shy and you're more comfortable with your boy, I will pass on any questions you have to Lou in a way that is more comfortable to you. But please contact him if it's business-related stuff. If it's just like if you want to know a little bit more about my experience, I'm happy to talk about it with you. Uh, but yeah, you're welcome to talk to me about it. You know where to find me at Stephabro on Twitter, at Stephabro93 on Instagram, at Stephabro93 on Snapchat. And, uh, you know, you could just follow me around too, you know, whatever. Just like in my daily life, you know, stalk me, creep on me, whatever. Unpredictable. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this has been a really great one and I can't wait to have you back, Lou. Uh, do you have, I think you've said everything you need to say today, right? Yeah, awesome. I, I, I've said it all. No, we've, we've said none of oh, it. Oh yeah, We're that's, fucking talkers. that's true. We could have a ten-hour podcast. <laughs> we've just if we started. We've it's just really, really scratched have. the surface here. That being said, folks, thank you so much for being the good few and supporting this little project of mine. Good enough. It's really awesome of you. On that note, drink more water and be nicer to each other. See you next time.